You're listening to Travel Talk Weekly with Rob and Carrie Stewart, travel experts, authors, and TV hosts. Join them every Tuesday as they take you to amazing destinations all over the globe. Whether it's cruising the seven seas, exploring Europe, or being pampered at an all-inclusive resort, Travel Talk Weekly is your passport to the world. Hello there, my fellow traveler. Rob and Carrie Stewart here from the Creating Magic Vacation Studio in St. Petersburg, Florida. Welcome to Travel Talk Weekly. This is episode number 100. Original air date, September 7th, 2021. And I can't believe it is show 100. I know. So crazy. What a fun milestone. And we want to thank you. That's right. Each and every one of you for tuning in. And we have a special surprise this week, of course, because it's show number 100. We are going to share some of our top five trips that we've taken. And not surprisingly, four of them have one thing in common. And I bet you cannot figure this one out. So you have to stay tuned to learn about that. Plus, our top five most popular Travel Talk Weekly shows out of the first 100. And of course, our main topic, which is something that may not make sense at first, and that is when it is a good idea to fly business class. And there are some ways you can do it for less money. Not to mention some really, really nice perks as well. Well, let's kick this off with our top five trips of all time. And I don't know if these are in any particular order. You tell me. I don't, you know what, I don't, I don't really know. But this will also, you know, if you've been listening to us for a while, you'll probably see some similar themes here. And I'll kick it off with one of our favorite trips of all time. And this actually was the first trip that you and I did together for both of us first time going to Europe, because neither of us had ever been before. And that is our honeymoon cruise on the Carnival Dream. We did a 12 night round trip Rome Mediterranean cruise, and then we stayed an extra three nights in Florence. This is the trip that really started it all. Not just our love for travel, but on this trip, we fell in love. I mean, yeah, it was our honeymoon, but... We were already in love. What are you talking about? That's not what I meant. (laughs) We fell in love with Italy. We sure did. Italy, oh, we just absolutely love Italy. And that's like one of the exciting things about travel is you never know what to expect when you go to a new destination that you've never been to before. And I tell you, when we were trying to pick our top five, it was a little hard because... This one was an easy one. Well, this one was an easy one because it was when we fell in love with Italy. And what made it even better... A couple things. Number one, we got the Mac Daddy suite. So our suite on the Carnival Dream, it was the third voyage, so a brand new ship. We had, at the time, they called it the penthouse suite. And we had like a little walk-in foyer with hardwood. We had like a living room. And then you turn to the right and it had the king bed and the TV and all that. Make another right, so kind of a 180 degree. And it had giant closets and a dressing room and then a huge bathroom and then a double long balcony. So the cabin choice, we knew for the honeymoon we were going to splurge. And here's the best part. Yes, it was 11 years ago. I still couldn't tell you what it cost because you look at the at the price of the trip leading up to it, but afterwards, you just think about the fun you had. We made some great friends we stayed in touch with, and even that little three-day extension to Florence, where we didn't really know that much. We did a couple tours. I remember we watched a movie on, and you may have heard this on another show, we went to the rooftop of the hotel and watched a movie. Was it a portable CD player or DVD player? I don't player know. Or what? Something, something like that. Like, Who knows? Yeah, definitely not CD player, but. I don't know what it was, but I still remember that, which leads us to the next of our top five trips. 
The second one will be no surprise. And this was when we went and filmed for Chow Italy Tours. So we were back in Italy, but this time we did, uh, this was about what, a 10 or 11 day trip? Yeah, we spent four nights in Rome, four nights in Florence, and three nights in Venice. What made this trip so special is, yes, we were filming this for our TV show, so it's back in like 2016. It's that this trip was kind of a done for you through Chow Italy Tours. They chose what we were going to do. We just said, yeah, we'll show up. You tell us, you know, give us the shot list and yeah, we'll do that. We stayed at some fantastic hotels, but also in both Rome and Florence, we had a private driver. So that made a, a huge difference. Now, We did not have a private driver in Venice. Did not need one, but we did have our own boat. Yes, because you can't drive in Venice. (laughs) Exactly. There are are no cars in Venice. We're with Guido, who's the president of Chow Italy Tours. He happened to be in Rome, so we got to interview him. Went out to an amazing dinner with, with him and his wife. We really got immersed in it because unlike our vacation, we had to study this trip because of the shot list and make sure we were covering the things that needed to be covered. And just kind of the VIP treatment we got because we were on a curated guided tour. Yeah, we did a mix of some private tours and some group tours and some were smaller, some were larger. Definitely a great trip and one that had some of the most memorable experiences that we now have been able to send some of our clients on too, which is kind of fun, like that dinner in Rome. Yes, and we're still friends with Laura Cheery, who is our guide in Florence, and she is from Florence, so she is a Florentine, and we're friends on Facebook. Yeah, if you ever go to Italy, you definitely need to talk to us, because we have some good tips there. Yes, because we've done it so many different ways, including this next trip, which is number three, and that is cruising with Star Clippers on board their five-masted sailing ship called the Royal Clipper, and this was a 10-night sailing from Venice to Rome. I mean, just the sail away in Venice was an event. Because it's a big sailing ship, they were playing this kind of, what kind of music were they playing? I can't remember. Well, let's call it sail away music. People were lined up on the docks because we weren't a giant cruise ship. We were a big sailing ship. Multiple stops in Croatia. That was probably my favorite thing about that particular cruise was the smaller stops in the smaller ports all along Croatia. Because normally you just either go to Split or to Dubrovnik. And it was so fun to just be so close to the city and to see so much more of Croatia. Yeah, we had made stops in both Var and Rovin. And again, very different than some of the more popular places like a Dubrovnik. But then also having nine port stops in 10 days. So it's a very port intensive cruise. And again, we love the small ship experience. This next one is one that we did in 2019. And so this is number four. So this is number four. Again, in no particular order. Uh, we're, not, no particular we're not ranking order. these. Yeah. And that was our Adventures by Disney Southern California tour that we did. And this was the first time we actually had done an Adventures by Disney trip. And I tell you, that is how I want to travel to certain destinations in the future. I know we tried last year to go. It kept getting moved. Eventually, it did get canceled. But This was so special because we were able to go into Imagineering. We got to go to the Walt Disney Studios. We got to do so much behind the scenes stuff that is not even available to the public, including a visit to the Jim Henson Studios. And that was super cool. And before it was the Jim Henson Studios, it was the Charlie Chaplin Studio. Yeah. Going back to like the 20s. This is, I think, the pinnacle of any of the Adventures by Disney trips for the ultimate Disney fan. Because a lot of these trips are not really Disney related. This one is. And we spent two nights at the Lowe's Hollywood Hotel. It even included a visit to the Tam O'Shanter, a restaurant that's been there since like the 20s. And it was a place where Walt Disney used to go all the time when he was up in that area. Then we did three nights at the Grand Californian at Disneyland, our favorite hotel. Behind the scenes, a lot of VIP stuff, getting into the parks before the rest of the crowd. Again, the ultimate 
trip for the Disney fan. So fun. And to round out our top five, this was our first time doing this type of a trip. Yes. And, and we're going back to Europe. We're going back to Europe. And that was our Alma Waterways cruise in southern France. And this one was a while ago. So it's kind of interesting that no other one has bumped it off the list because we did this in 2014. And that was a long time as far as our travel as far as our travels, we've done a lot since then, including you know starting a couple podcasts, our own agency, things like that. What made this so interesting to us is this is our first time being on a ship that small, because this even predates the Star Clippers cruise. So Star Clippers was in 2015, and that ship holds about 180, 190 people. The River Cruise does as well, and we were on board as guests for Alma Waterways, and this is right before our show, and we were getting video for proof of concept for All Aboard TV. And Amma said, well, why don't you film on one of our ships? Oh my gosh, yeah, a river cruise was a dream. That was our first and only time in Spain. We did an overnight. We flew into Barcelona, did some stuff there, walked around. Barcelona is an awesome city. We obviously had to go to the La Sagrada Familia. Which is still being built, apparently. Yeah, it's, it's been in progress for, you know, 100 years. <laughs> I know, right? We started in the small town of Arles and just cruised up the Rhone River and seeing, you know, because again, these, these rivers in Europe were the ancient highways that date back, you know, thousands of years. And this is the cruise that really got us hooked on not just the river cruise experience, but the small ship cruising experience. Yeah, I look forward to doing another river cruise in the future. But yeah, I just I love the smaller ships because again, they're very port intensive and everything is included on a river cruise for the most part. And so you don't need to worry about all of your shore excursions because they curate that. And we saw some amazing stops on this cruise that Normally, I probably never would have gone to. And I have two, I will say, honorable mention trips. The two. Two. I'm throwing <laughs> out there. It's not the top five, but two I really, really liked. And one of them was, and this is back, I think, in 2012 or 13, when we were skiing the French Alps with Club Med. And again, that we were with a small group of people. We both skied and stayed at multiple ski resorts. And that was a blast. Again, what made this really fun is we had never been to this region of France. What was really cool is this was only our second time to Europe and to do it with a group of people and the fact that it was Club Med and it was all-inclusive and we had not skied in years, so that's an honorable mention. I do want to have one more. Okay, you only get one more. I get one more. This is it, I promise. And this is the most unique cruise I think we ever did, and this was cruising the Amazon River in Peru. See, I almost put this in the top five for me because I really liked this experience because it was something that was so different than anything we've ever done. It's still in the top seven then. Okay, it's still in the top seven. That's what we should have done. We should have done the top seven. <laughs> well, I think we just did. If you'll notice, there is something that is very common with all of these. Yeah, Actually, the there, is, there is one thing that's common with all of them. And even with the, the top seven, I'm still going to say that, there's one thing that is unique to six of these. Do you know what that is? They were international trips. The other thing that is common amongst all of these is it was our first time going to some of these places with the exception of going to Italy twice, but it was the way we did it was so different. And so that just kind of shows you that sometimes your most memorable trips are going to be the ones that are your first time experiencing it. And yes. I'm sure, you know, like when we go back, we always try to do, even when we go to Disney, which we do every month, we always try to do at least one thing we've never done before. This right here is kind of a testament to uh, the trips that we love the most. It was like that first experience of doing something. So that's what I teased in the open is that four of the five had something in common. And that thing in common is that it was Europe. And if you look at our top seven trips, five of the seven are Europe. The other two being Adventures by Disney and Cruising the Amazon. But that's right. It's 
it's experiencing a different country for the first time. Now, we do have some traditions. We've done this a couple of times. When we're back in Rome, we always go have a glass of champagne at the hotel we stayed at for our honeymoon. Yep. And we do like to have traditions, though. And I'm sure that as we go back more and more to Italy, once we're able to do that, hopefully in the very near future, everything will open up a little bit more. We will probably make some new traditions as well. But that is one of ours for Rome. And keeping in the spirit of the top five, okay, we did seven. I get it. I get it. But next one's our top five. These are the top five Travel Talk Weekly shows. We're going to count these down from number five to number one. And I'll tell you what is still to me a little bit surprising is our number one show is one we did March of last year. Yeah. Well, and this and is that's based still on, number one. It's based on downloads. And so it, that could have something to do with it. The longer it's out there, the more people can find it. So there is that. That is true. Okay. So we're going to start with in number five. And this is show number 67. And this is part one of two. And that is the hottest vacation spots for 2021. And I think the reason why a lot of you liked this show was because we were just getting back to things opening up, and it was like, where can I travel now? And this actually is a question we are still getting today, because not everything is back to normal. So go back to that show and see if we got it right, see if our predictions were right. And we know even in the last couple months, travel is still changing as, as you know, certain countries and areas are kind of regressing. But that's, again, that was number five. Okay, and in the number four spot, was show number 11, and that was how to do all-inclusive resorts. And because of COVID, this is a great option because right now, cruises are requiring 100% vaccination. So there's a whole segment of the public, those that are not vaccinated, that are trying to figure out where to go. All-inclusive resorts are a fantastic option. We did two of those trips last year, and fortunately, it was before all this, you know, you have to take a test stuff. Of course, we all know that change. This is still one of the best trips you can do. And because most of the all-inclusives are going to be in like Mexico, maybe some parts of the Caribbean. You don't have to really travel that far. Well, at least for us, we're in Florida, but it's not like we're traveling to Europe per se. Yeah, a little easier to get there. At number three, and this is show number 72, Stanley Tucci Searching for Italy, which is a must-watch TV show for anyone that loves Italy and cooking. I know we watched every episode, and I think they're going to come back for a second season, but watching Stanley, who has Italian heritage and speaks the language fluently, and Robin Carey, who are learning Italian on Duolingo, made it very interesting. When they're speaking Italian, they're doing subtitles. But we're trying to figure out, okay, what's the gist of what he's saying without looking at the subtitles? Yeah, I'm still not there yet. But we're, we're getting there. We're getting if you there. are on Duolingo, though, we do have our code in the show notes. So you can always like join us. Look for us if you're going to join. It's kind of fun. We'd appreciate that. And number two, and that is show number 66, Getaway to the U.S. Virgin Islands. And you know why this one was so popular is because you do not need to have a passport to go to the U.S. Virgin Islands. Now, they are their own island, though. So getting there right now, they do have some restrictions on who is allowed to enter. And if you have to take a COVID test, be vaccinated, all that stuff, it's constantly changing. So even some of that information on that show, we probably would still need to update. But a lot of you we're interested in, hey, what can I do if I want to just get away, but I don't have a passport? And we know passports are way backed up right now, too. So a lot of you are kind of stuck right now. We met someone that has a charter sailing operation down there, and they have been devastated because they would normally go to the BVIs, the British Virgin Islands as well, and they have not been able to do that. So the U.S. Virgin Islands, again, we could tell you what the requirements are right now, but it wouldn't matter because they could change next week. Always make sure you're up to date on the most recent requirements, no matter where you're going. Yeah, that may be a good follow-up show, though, are places to stay in the U.S. Virgin Islands. 
I like that. Yeah. And at number one, top five most downloaded episodes of Travel Talk Weekly. Can you go ahead and do a drum roll for me? Sure. Okay, and here it is. Show number 21, The Most Contagious Virus, featuring travel expert Mark Murphy. Now, this show was recorded back in early March of last year, two weeks before the shutdown. And what we meant by the most contagious virus is fear. Little did we know how long the shutdown would last, but we were spot on that the fear not only was going to be a huge factor, it still is. Yeah, it's crazy that that is still very relevant today. I don't think it's actually fear of the virus as much. It's the fear of the unknown. Like, what are the requirements? And if I go here, will I be able to get back? Do I need a vaccine? Do I need a COVID test? What type of COVID test? All those things, all of these unknowns, they turn into fear. And that's why we always say, know everything before you go so there are no surprises. Because that's, that's what I think people worry about. Like, we were in Cairo a month ago, and we were waiting. We knew we were going to test negative, but we were waiting to get the paperwork back. I'm like, oh my gosh, how long do we have to stay here? Because without that paper, we could not fly out of Cairo. Yeah. So that kind of creates the uncertainty. So there you have it, our top five in terms of downloads for our first 100. And I can't wait to see what the topics that you like to listen to are going to be for the next 100. So if you do have a show topic or an idea that you would like for us to cover, please send us an email or reach out to us and we can uh, look into that. I know we have a kind of a fun little plan for some upcoming shows. But we can't tell you yet. Nope, can't tell you yet. However, if you think that your favorite show is not in the top five, but it should be, let's do a campaign. Reach out to us and say, no, I think this one should be more popular, and we'll create a campaign around it. You can share it with your friends. They can share it with their friends. And then we can see if your recommendation makes it into the top five. I'm super excited about this week's main topic, though. I know, because it's something we love. and it's we, something we I used, love. We used to do it a lot more, and um, we can expand on that. We don't do it as much now, but if you're like most people, and that does include us in many cases, when you're looking for airfare, you focus on one thing, the lowest price. And when flying domestically, especially on shorter flights, that makes perfect sense. Some of the things that we always look for are things like, is it a nonstop flight? super important. And that is different than a direct flight. A direct flight means that you are on the same plane, but you may make a stop. And Southwest does this a lot. It's pretty much you're not going to get off the plane, and but you are going to make a stop. That is not a nonstop flight. And in thinking about this, it's almost an exclusive Southwest thing. Most airlines, we're changing planes or doing something. Yeah, some of the smaller airlines, they're the yeah. ones that are going to be doing a stop. Right. So if you're flying from, let's say, Florida to California, you will most likely stop in Dallas if you're on Southwest. You don't have to get off the plane, but you still make the stop. And if it's a short stop, they're going to clear the plane and see how many people are still left on it. And then when it's southwest, if you were sitting in the back, now you can move to the front. And if we can't find a nonstop, we will look for the shortest duration and the ones with the shortest layover, which those two kind of go hand in hand. But here's the big question. Is there a time when it is a better idea to fly business class? And the answer is Yes. Notice we said better idea, not better deal or lower pricing. And here is when it makes sense. Number one, if you're flying at least five hours, and in the U.S., that really means if you're going coast to coast. Another one is when you're flying overseas, especially to Europe or to Asia. And we're going to use Europe as our example because we've never been to Asia, not yet. And we have been to Europe on several occasions. I think we've been there over the last 12 years seven times, a fair amount. And that goes back to our honeymoon cruise. So yeah, in 12 years, we've been there seven trips. We also had two trips that canceled. Yeah, 
So thank you, COVID. (laughs) How does business class make sense? Because you are going to pay more in most cases. First, these tickets are usually fully refundable. Of course, airlines are catching on to this and now have a business class fare that is non-refundable or may have restrictions. For some trips, and especially the way travel is now, this is a big selling feature. Again, fully refundable and no change fees. Definitely makes a big difference these days. This next one is checked bags are included for your international flights and for your domestic flights. So that's kind of nice because usually for international, you're only going to have just one bag included if you're like in coach or economy. But for business class, you get both your bags. And then of course, if you're domestic, you get your bags included anyway. Another huge selling point, you get access to priority lines and in some places, even lounges, plus your bags are tagged as priority. That's a huge time saver. On our last trip, the regular lines at the airport were crazy. If you were a business class, you just skip all those. Specifically, we had a four-hour layover in Frankfurt, and we were flying Lufthansa business class. So we were able to enjoy breakfast and lunch in the lounge, and we had a little kind of four-hour layover. And if you have a long travel day, those lounges usually have showers too, so you can freshen up. And one of my favorite things about the lounges is that you can get out of all of that airport chaos, because you know how it's like so loud, and there's a hustle and bustle, people are everywhere. It's so much more quiet and relaxing. Another great benefit You are first to board and the first to deplane. Again, another time saver. And here's where it really works in your favor when you're going through customs. If you're at the back of a flight, you are now all the way at the end of that line. And we've been there on flights from Mexico. Yes, we have. The back of the bus. Yeah, it's not good. (laughs) And also, especially during COVID, they are very specific that you deplane starting at the front of the plane. No more, they turn off the seatbelt sign and someone from the back runs up with their bag to try to get off first. They do not allow that. And thank you airlines so much for doing that. We saw it all the time. They were jerks. They were sitting in the back. But, oh no, I'm getting off first. No, you're sitting in the back. You're getting off last. And because time is money when you travel, this makes a huge difference, especially if you have a shorter connection. Just getting off that plane first takes away some of that stress. Another very recent example, when we were flying Lufthansa from Frankfurt to Newark, they first class got off first. There were only eight rows, so we were next. There was almost nobody in front of us getting off the plane. We go over to get the customs form to fill out, and we ended up grabbing and finishing it in line because that line was about to get huge because a 747 has a lot of passengers. First off, first through customs. And if you really want to plus up that time-saving experience, use our tips on how to pack just carry-on bags because then you get to skip bags and you don't have to carry them. When you're flying back from the U.S., from an international destination, you have to go through customs. You have to grab your bags and then go recheck them. If you are just doing carry-on bags, you do not, because that slowed us down by about 20, 25 minutes on that flight into Newark, which is waiting for our bags. Yeah, but the nice thing is, when you are business class, your bags do get tagged priority. Yes, that is awesome. And so they come out first, which is nice. Now, this next one is a big one, and I think when we think business class, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, so that's kind of a cool feature, and it is, and that is you have upgraded food, menus, and drink service on your flight. And it's not just like the quick snack and the little chintzy breakfast the next day if you're doing international. You have multiple meals. Everything is served on real plates with real silverware. And you have your alcoholic beverages included. So if you'd like to enjoy one of those on your flight, it is just an upgraded experience. And I mean, I love it because they do. They bring a menu. You get to choose what you want. They usually have multiple options. I know you have menu options like a regular restaurant. Here's the irony. Our two favorite flights, technically three, but two of them were on the same trip. So our three actual legs of flights, all 
Lufthansa. Yeah, their food menus were fantastic. Their wine menu was fantastic. And so the first one we were filming for Lufthansa, we did a trip to Frankfurt about four years ago. And a lot of it came down to the next on our list. And that's the accommodations are way more comfortable. You get lots of extras on long flights, like pillows. In our case, on this last flight, we had a mattress. Pillows, you know, little kits with socks for your footsies, eye cover thingamabobs, lotion, lip balm. The TVs are larger, and they usually also have nice headphones, so you don't have to use your own. Because of this, you are more likely to sleep comfortably on your flight. And since most all flights going over to Europe will depart the afternoon or evening before, and it's a red eye, you arrive in the morning, then you can be well rested and enjoy a full day on your arrival because it is quite comfortable. Another benefit, whenever we've flown business class, we never have a challenge finding overhead space for our bags. That's always been super nice. And plus, most people in business class travel often, so it's more quiet. No one's kicking your seat or pulling down on the back of your seat Yes, or just being loud and obnoxious. And there's usually not a line with a bunch of people waiting to use the restroom because there is, you know, they usually want just the business class people to use the one up front. All these little extras make it worth the price and the much lower level of stress. Yeah, there's a reason the people in business class and first class are up there smiling. Let's talk about the different ways to buy your business class ticket. And we'll start with number one, you just buy the ticket. Make sure you know if the ticket is refundable or if it does have any type of restriction. The second way is you can use points to purchase your ticket. And this is either credit card points or airline loyalty points. Number three is you get bumped up based on your status with that airline. We used to do that all the time when we were were flying Delta, we had the Amex Platinum, and we were traveling every month or so for our business. It's the best kind of upgrade, but it's also, it's never guaranteed. They're always going to lean towards the person that will pay for it first. So there are several times where we were on the list and we didn't make it. Yep. And we would get bumped. That was always sad. This next one though is doable, and that is you upgrade at the airport if space is available. But I'm going to add a fifth way. Because this is something that can randomly happen, and you're really good at this because you've gotten us upgraded to business class before. And that's just if you're really nice, you get on the flight, and if you're really nice to a flight attendant, and they move you up, it does help if you're like in premium economy or you've already upgraded, so you're a little closer to that area. But that's happened to us a couple of times. That can also happen if you have status with their airline, but for some reason you are not upgraded. For most of it, it's going to be option number one, you just buy the ticket, or option number four, you upgrade at the airport. On our last trip to Europe last month, it was part of our contract with the cruise line because we were working for them, which means it was option one, you buy it up front. Flying back from Frankfurt, we heard them promoting option four, and that was upgrading at the counter. And the pricing for the upgrade was based on the ticket you originally purchased. So in this case, if you were in premium economy, you could upgrade to business class for $499. Not bad. We say only because that may seem like a lot for just one leg of a flight. The thing to keep in mind is that this was at least an eight-hour flight from Frankfurt, Germany to one of our least favorite airports, Newark, New Jersey. Which is right up there with Dallas, but for different reasons. (laughs) But to upgrade from business class to first class was going to be $799. And since we were already in business class, we did not see the need to upgrade. We had good food, free drinks, and those lay flat seats on this particular aircraft. And it even had a little mattress that you could put on top if you wanted to sleep, which I did on the way to Athens when we were going over there, but not on the return because it was daytime and I was trying to keep my body clock on normal time. I did not even realize you used it on the way to Athens. Oh, absolutely. I didn't because it was plenty comfortable without it. There were tons of open seats in business class because we were on a 747. 
So this tactic will not always work, but the chances are better if you're on one of the jumbo planes, the larger planes, and that would be a 747 or a 787, which is Boeing, or the A350 from Airbus. I would include the largest passenger plane in the world, the A380, but most of those are parked and not currently being used. And that's a good tip there. If you are planning on purchasing business class or even first class tickets, definitely check the type of plane before you purchase. And of course, keep in mind that airlines can and do swap out the planes at any time. So no guarantees. The biggest difference in international is those lay flat seats. You definitely want to look for that. When we flew Lufthansa from Tampa to Frankfurt, they were not completely lay flat, but they were comfortable enough. Yeah, they were comfortable, but it's not that if you think you're purchasing lay flat seats, you will be disappointed. That's why you have to know the planes. That's and right. There are plenty of places where you can see the diagrams of the planes. Some different airlines have different configurations, but for, for the most part, you'll know if you have a lay flat seat or not. Yeah. So before you automatically book that lowest airfare class, keep in mind some of the benefits of business class. And I will say if business class is way too out of reach, at least do premium economy. Absolutely. The extra room is definitely worth it. Thank you so much for tuning in and celebrating our 100th episode this week. It's been a blast. And we really appreciate your support and those five-star reviews. And make sure you are following or subscribed. I guess iTunes is now doing following, not subscribed, so that you never miss a week of Travel Talk Weekly, where we share some of our travel tips and ideas. Remember, the world is a book, and those that don't travel read only a page. Let's start turning some pages together. And get you back to the vacation, preferably flying business class. Music